thinking's exhausting. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's, haul at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ Kate Bayer. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbors. We are the Neighbors Recap Podcast, and we have a chat about episodes of the Australian soap Neighbors. We are three weeks ahead of the UK, which is unfortunate, but uh, we muddle through. And I'm Vaya. I'm in Melbourne's PirateNet Studios, connecting via the Hive uh, remote connection facility to Kate, who's at Remude on Twitter. Hello, Kate. Hi, everybody. Nice to be back. And we have friend of the pod, although I don't think he's done the pod. He's, he's done Buddy Watch with us. Fresh from Lassiter's New York. It's Brett Bowman. Hello. Hello. How are you? (laughs) Good to be here out of COVID New York. I was going to say, not only Lassiter's New York, then you stayed in Lassiter's Sydney for enforced quarantine. Yeah, that was a true joy and the food was truly awful. Just like that's the Lassiter's way. (laughs) I have heard so many nightmare stories of people's quarantine food. Yeah, it was like servo food for lunch. Um, I even saw the crispy crunch sushi or something it was roll your own sushi i i was puzzled by that brett 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 was keeping us all up to date on his um stories as to what his uh, daily menu was and i was like why who wants to roll their own sushi and it was not like you just get the chunk of rice with like the salmon or the chicken teriyaki in it and then have to roll the seaweed yourself what's the point of that like don't you need like a little tatami mat or something to do it properly Yeah, it was gross. It was gross. Could you, like, at least order some, like, a packet of burger rings at the same time? You could do Uber Eats or one of those, but, man, that's expensive coming from New York. I mean, did you at least get to bang a security guard? No, no, I was uh, COVID safe. COVID safe. Ripped off, ripped off. Yeah, we don't talk about, we don't talk about Melbourne's issues too much. (laughs) Oh, man, Google it if you want to be depressed. Now, we know Brett from in and around Brett's in the showbiz world as well, working behind the scenes. So very keen to talk to Brett about a little behind the scenes switcheroo they've done on us on Neighbours this week. Big week for us. How has it been in in the US in COVID times? Um, well, obviously I was, I've been in New York for two years and I was there in the height of the actual pandemic. So like when New York was empty, like, and I, when I say empty, I mean, literally empty i remember walking down fifth avenue when i eventually ventured out of my house um and there just being not anyone around and like that's one of the busiest avenues in the city and it was just dead like i could hear the i was living near central park and i could hear the birds in the park and normally all you can hear is traffic but it was just literally a ghost town like for easily months i mean the area i lived in a lot of the people left. They went to their other homes. So it was, yeah, I had friends in Brooklyn who all they heard were the sirens, like constant sirens every day because I know people thought, oh, it's not that bad, but it was. Like I got hives for the first time after going shopping for two days. I think just, yeah, just out of panic of... I got hives in America once. Yeah, I'd never had them. I thought I had bed bugs, (laughs) which was more of an issue. (laughs) um, (laughs) It was not great. 
And what was it like to return, more importantly, Brett, what was it like to return to Neighbours after that hiatus? Well, I have been keeping up via, obviously, the podcast. I was going to say, did you get hives from back to Ramsey uh, Street? Well, I've got some hives from some of the storylines going on. Um, the Scarlet storyline is bizarre. I wasn't around for her first time on the show. I remember seeing the ads with a maze and her in a bride's dress. Um, and I take it it didn't go well for her. Um, but I still really don't understand her motivation now. Um, the show looks different, though. It does look, I don't know, the lighting's a bit weirder or something. Leafier? There's lots of houseplants. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can tell the COVID are safe areas. But I don't think you notice it. I think they've done pretty well hiding yeah. the extras in the background and stuff. So, so Brett, just coming into this blind, are you Team Scarlet or Team Ned? Um. Well, I mean, Ned's being a bit of a sad sack. I could get on board with Scarlett if I knew what her end game was. Like, so, well, domination, I think. But also, the poor thing, they've described her in with every mental health slur in the book. And this week it was, I think, Coyle called her not playing with a full deck. And I really think she is just troubled, deranged, and she's she's sick. But uh, come on, come on, come on. Coyle, Coyle, it takes one to know one. <laughs> And yet she's deranged, but like, uh, like she's fake to murder, and then she's stuck around. Like that's what I don't understand. Like I don't understand why she hates Ned. She hate loves him because he rejected her. But let's get little. Well, hang on. Well, we are we are running Getting away ahead with this of thing. Yourself. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad you're straight back in, Brett. And because you're, what's your what's your history with the show? Um, I've watched it for what? How long's it been on air? Like over thirty years now. 35. Yeah, I think I've watched it about 30 of them. I think I remember like Todd. Oh, yeah. When he got hit by the car. And I think I watched it before. I think I came in at the end of Kylie and Jason, maybe. And so I've watched pretty consistently, except when it got really bad occasionally. And I did a stint as a storyliner. Whoa, whoa, you buried that one. 12 years ago. No, this is why, this is why Brett and I became mates because our mutual friend Rachel said, you've got to meet my friend Brett. He's in telly and he's hilarious and he worked on Neighbours for a bit. Yes, I won a Writers Guild trainee storyliner in like 2008. So that era, Margot Robbie was, she'd just kind of become a series regular, I think, as Donna. Did Have you mentioned that a lot in America? Yeah, I have. Uh, people laugh because I was on it for eight weeks, right? And it was really hard and I just didn't cut the mustard because um, it is a full-on machine, like, as much as I'll make fun of neighbours, like the behind the scenes is just intense. Yeah, full respect. And those people work, yeah, like, and I think they do six steps a week now, whereas we were plotting like five. So it's really hard. Like it's an intense place to work, especially because you're always coming up with new ideas and you're pitching next week's further down the line and then plotting that week's story. I think they still probably do it the same now. Um, it's a lot. It becomes your world. Did you, are you as a trainee though, did you manage to sneak in anything that made it to air? I got some ideas in. I remember suggesting it was when Libby, Libby and Simone Buchanan's character was still in it. Um, the cuckoo, oh, the bipolar Sam. Yeah, um, she was back recently, actually. Yes, I missed her. Well, fun fact, they were going to kill her off when I was there. Sam was going to be pregnant to, what was Libby's husband's name? Dan. Dan. So, Sam was going to have Dan's baby, then get hit by a car or something, 
and tell Dan I don't want Libby raising my child. And obviously that all went out the window. Um, I don't know why. things ch- They were killing Harold when I was there, when Harold first got oh the chance. Oh, my God. So I remember sitting in the writer's room and them going, so we're going to kill Harold and you can't tell anyone because we'll know who it is in this room. Um, Jesus Christ. You can't, okay, one, you can't kill a new mum or like a pregnant lady. And two, you can't kill Harold. <laughs> He's the bedrock. Yeah, but uh, when you've got a big character like that, you the real way to send them off is like kill them. <laughs> like Madge dying. That's Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure they would have regretted that because Madge is only like a couple of years older than my mum. She could still be around now. True. I think they did wuss out um, because... They were worried he might want to come back. It was when I think Ian was retiring. Um, so they he still got the cancer. He just didn't die from it. He drove off in that van. So I pitched an idea for, I think it was for Dan and Sam, because we knew she was coming back pregnant. And I pitched that she would come back still married to him um, because that's what actually happened to my auntie <gasps> who discovered she was still married to the man she had divorced like 25 years earlier what? because someone hadn't stamped the right page, which does sound like something completely out of a soap opera. Definitely. Um, and I pitched that, I think, in my last week, and they said that was obviously too much for Sam to come back pregnant and still married. So that is what turned out to be when Lynn turned up still married to Paul. Fantastic. And obviously you pitch things and they change and all that sort of thing. But I do remember pitching that because it had ha- happened to my auntie. That is, it's like ripped from the headlines. <laughs> yeah. On our little chat thread before, you mentioned um, something about Ringo as well. Yes, well, Ringo and Donna were in the show and they were in the office one day, which was very exciting. Um, and I went to the bathroom, which was a small bathroom, and Ringo also used that bathroom. And he turned the light off, which left me sitting in pitch black in the small bathroom. Now, I don't know if he knew I was in there and did it on purpose, but um, it wasn't wow. great because I, I literally couldn't see anything. So we've got Sam Clark in men's bathroom scandal. Yes, yes, yeah. They were in getting their storylines because we were, I think we had Donna take his virginity in her oh, cheerleading wow. outfit that... Um, I was there around the time they were plotting Didge being pregnant and we didn't know which of the three girls were pregnant. Toadie had just was about to adopt Callum. Like it was a big time. It was a good period yeah. of neighbours, yeah, to be in the writer's room for. Yeah, that's huge. And you were just there for eight weeks? <laughs> yeah, I just did eight weeks and then left and started my other career in television back in Sydney. We can't talk about deaths they'll regret in front of Brett because Brett has a tumultuous relationship with Sonia. Uh, uh, like the best thing she ever did was die. Let's be honest. Oh, no. <laughs> Brett. Look, that episode was amazing, but, like, I hated Sonia. No, but if, you, if you're going to ask me what team I'm on, whether I'm on Team Vayer or Team Brett, I'm more on Brett's side. <laughs> Kate and I aren't always on the same team. I couldn't stand her when, when they did, which was an amazing retcon. Yeah. of yeah. Callum, her being Callum's mum, uh, to me that tainted the character because it just yes. made her a hypocrite for every other thing when she was Saint Sonia after it. And I think that's what yeah. soured me on her. 
also because she'd been deceiving um, Toadie for a couple of years mm. up to that point. Yeah. And I thought, hang on, she's lied to you. She didn't have any real love for you. She just wanted to get close to Callum. Like, how do you actually come back from that? Yeah, I don't think, for me, I don't think she ever did. But when she died, I mean, it was an amazing storyline. Oh, but... definitely. I mean, this is a world where Finn comes back from murdering yes. and trying to take out an entire See, high school. that's the disappointing thing for me, that they killed Finn, because he was the gift that kept on giving. Millsy was fantastic. Well, now we've, he's passed the torch to Scarborough. I think, though, with a character like Finn, I think they do have a shelf life. Oh, Paul, Paul keeps on going. Well, yeah, but Paul, I don't know why Paul works. I think because he wasn't brought in as a nutbag. Like, they seem to bring in a lot <laughs> of characters as nutbags these days. Like, True. They're already crazy and have to rehabilitate them. Mental health is like the last bastion of, um, like, it's the last storylining trope that they're not ready to let go of. I mean, Paul got away with murdering Gus because he had a brain tumour. Like, he still murdered a man, even though Gus was... You know, a bastard. Um. Well, okay, let's do a quick little Neighbours Council business. The business, again. I need to thank patrons, new patrons to patreon.com slash neighbourspod. We are going to do a Neighbours Night. We haven't planned it yet, but we will. It's going to be a fun time. And I will thank Mish, new patron, and Dan. And I'll be uploading a segment from this podcast that we cut out and save for Patreon. This week it's going to be... The Curse of Coil. The Coil Curse of Three. Oh, that special man. Uh, and that'll be coming up. And, oh, I should plug Friend of the Pod, speaking of the writer's room, Elle Paco, Elizabeth Packett. She had one of my favourite lines of the week, which I'll mention in a moment because she wrote Monday's episode. She has her own podcast. And I haven't listened to it yet because it's been a big year. But uh, I, will, I want to listen to it. It's about um, the fact that she's a witch. What? And oh. it's... Yeah. It's called Witch Talk Over Wine. It's a beautiful green logo. You'll see it straight away. Witch Talk Over Wine. And it's Elizabeth Packett, who's a neighbours writer, and her and her friend just talk about witchy things. Love it. So, yeah, check it out. Oh, and a couple of people in the Neighbours Council want to – well, they want to vote on their own citizens and citizens each week, which I think is fabulous. So we'll make that happen in the group in, on Facebook. But they also want us to start doing citizen and citizen. Ooh. The pressure. I don't know. Let's trial it. It's it, we'll try. It's sometimes I do struggle to come up with either. <laughs> so. And often we might double up. Like if we had to each pick the same good person and bad person, we, there might be a lot of overlap. So it's good to spread it out. Sometimes it is the same person as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine if it's three, but if it's six, it'll get tedious. Can you be both a citizen and a citizen? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think I may have mine already this week. That's all right. Great. Okay. This is business. It's not personal. So we're going to do a shallow paddle across the week of Monday, October 19. Lots of hilarious little moments this week, i got to say. For a high drama week, I was in stitches quite a bit of the time. And it's a week that reminded me a lot of like Groundhog Day. Like we're back in March on Bum Island with attempted murders in one area and um, sham weddings in back in the street. Oh my god! Who 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 doesn't love a sham wedding? And Ramsey Street does it so well. I just do not understand a sham wedding that they got a real celebrant for. Like, <laughs> yeah, just get another actor. Yeah, just get Susan. Like, oh, but wh- Susan, wh- like, you don't want to like put Susan in danger. You want to put a stranger in danger. Yeah. Also, Su- yeah, which makes it more insane. Susan's also halfway to Switzerland. 
why not? Oh, that's true. Sorry, I <laughs> forgot she was off gallivanting in the Alps with Carl. Yeah. I mean, why is Carl going to Switzerland? He's not spending any money there whatsoever. Because free no. trip, free trip, mate, free trip. Yeah, but he's not going to pay fifteen bucks for a coke. <laughs> No, you know what? He'll be taking his own refillable water bottle with him. Oh, yeah, he will. Let's start with some travel, some travel issues. And Carl, actually, is the one that pulls all of this apart. We've got plain Jane Superbrain, who's residing in the Kenden, and she's got um, emotional issues with her daughter, Nicolette, who's a little firebrand and causing trouble wherever she goes. And Carl has dug up from snooping through hospital records why, what he does best. He's Detective Carl. Uh, and he sings like a canary. And he, Colin to Kennedy, I like to call him. And he finds out that Nicolette worked as a nurse in London, or she was registered to work as a nurse in London, and never told her mum, even though her mum lived in London. And then he finds out that she was there when Great Nan died. And as we all know, who's Great Nan, Kate? Uh, Mrs. Mangle. Nan Mangle. Yeah, that was cute. I liked it. That's the first time she's ever been referred to as Nan Mangle yeah. rather than Nell Mangle or Mrs. Mangle. But, you know, why did she bald face lie to Carl about not being in London? Because none of his GD business. That's why. Yeah, but it was in her personnel records. Like, I'd feel strange about lying about that when it's so easily provable. And it was such a weird conversation he was having as well. Like, he was clearly fishing for details. Yeah, it was It was odd. Like, why Why do you care? Like, that. that's why I was like, oh, she's murdered Mrs. Mangle. Oh, I thought she murdered her as well. She stared at that portrait and I'm like, okay, she euthanized her or something. <laughs> and, and Well, like, because... I mean, Susan killed her mum. Well, sorry, euthanised her mum years ago. Oh, that's um, a, that, that is a reference I, I'd completely forgotten about. Yeah. She confessed to Brett when they went to Africa, I think, for some... Oh, how tiresome. Call it Brett Stark, yeah. But then they couldn't, I know when I was working on it, they couldn't do a euthanasia, euthanasia plotline because of the time slot they were in. Because I suggested killing Carl's dad off when he had dementia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, as a euthan, like Carl would euthanize or actually zeke would do it Ooh. thinking he was a young carl and they said great but we can't do that so i was like <laughs> oh maybe now that they're doing like all the other stuff they seem to can get away with now that they're pg is it um that maybe mrs mangle like it's an interesting way for the character to go out it's also interesting that i noticed um an interview with april pingilly about the miscarriage storyline is that they had actually started to go down the road of an abortion but then they had to backpedal because, again, something to do with the time slot or they weren't ready to go there, but it was set up for that angle. Well, they couldn't do it when Didge was pregnant. They couldn't even say the A word. Mm. Um, all they could say was she's got options and <laughs> she can see another doctor. That was it. That was as close as you could get oh, to. That is, that's sad. But I also think it's terrible that Neighbours is doing, like, controlling Men and like police not believing victims and not believing women that take out AVOs, and I think that's pretty dark as well. Yeah, I think that's unintentional sometimes. Yeah, almost you know, like they're not thinking through some of the implications of the character's actions, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, like <laughs> Scarlet's just crazy, but they haven't thought, well, maybe she just needs help, or you know. Hmm. It's unintentional. I don't, th- well, I don't know. I can't speak for them, but 
sometimes when we look at things, we're like, oh, wait, that's really bad. Yeah. And it's because no one has thought of it in the thick of things, I guess. But they've had a lot of crazy women on lately, so yeah, not the best. <laughs> and we'll get to the backstory that rears its ugly head again later. So one of my favourite moments early in the week was Suze is, has seen a solution. She can put Jane into the Branaka house. It was good. Yeah, <laughs> that was some of my favorite acting from Jackie I've ever seen. That the the look of despair, the glimmer of hope, the glee <laughs> on her face it was all perfect. She, she became like a cartoon character. Like how fast mm. could she get Jane into that house? And the scene where she went to talk to David and Aaron, I don't think I've ever seen a scene with them. But she's did she? And no, I was gonna say she didn't marry them. But uh, she was meant to. She was meant to, but she bailed out on yeah. it. But the fact that she's over there buddying up to them going, hey, so I've got a new housemate for you. <laughs> I found it odd that they were quite so willing. Like I know yes. they want to have a baby and need the money, but I'd be like, um, F off, lady. You can keep the crazy, not the crazy, you know, you can keep the, the handbrake. plain Jane. Yeah. Yeah. You can keep the handbrake and we'll keep the younger version. <laughs> it's, it's strange. Like I, I don't believe that at all. Like surely they could just say, Hey Paul, I know you're highly unethical, but can we have a hundred grand to put on our mortgage just so we don't have to scrimp and save quite so much? And while we're at it, put up yeah. put up your friend Jane because she's looking for a room. Yeah, like Jane's a, a functioning adult; she should be able to find an apartment. Exactly. Well, why not put Jane into Ned's room and move Ned over to the Brunackers? Oh, and they're mates with Ned, so it works out. Mm, makes sense. However, I must highlight one of my favourite lines of the week from El Paco, friend of the pod, on Monday when um, Jane is just following Susan around like a bad smell. And she's like, oh, did you have lunch? And Susan's like, yeah. And Jane goes, but I wanted to have sit and have my panini with you. <laughs> oh, there you are. Where did you go for lunch? I came to eat my panini with you and... Your office was empty. Oh, well. Places to go, people to see, you know how it is. <laughs> I feel like Jane would think Panini's really fancy yes! as well. <laughs> like, not just her peanut butter sandwich with the crust cut yeah. off. Oh, that was a delightful piece of detail. But then it comes out, Nicolette's secret, about her London almost murdering of her great nan. <laughs> but really what happened was she went over there to confront Nell Mangle about her bigotry against... Uh, well, she wanted to confess, yeah, her sexuality to her nan. Yeah, and she killed her. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lesbian nan and now you're going to die. <gasps> <laughs> Smelling salts. That poor Nell, Nell Mangle has been through too much. Her daughter-in-law got shot by um, bloody duck, duck hunters. hunters. Her son was a damn loser. She only had one good relative and that was Jane. And now on her death certificate, it's like death by lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> but but it did give us the great um, you know, bonding for her and David for having like awful grandmothers. Oh, yes. I'll turn away from the homosexual lifestyle. <laughs> Grandma, <laughs> my favourite gift. <laughs> you made, what was her name again? Oh, Martin. oh it's... Nana Tanaka? No, no, no. She had a Japanese name for, I think, maternal grandmother. Hibai-shan. Hibai-shan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turn away from the homosexual lifestyle. <laughs> well, if they had, then poor old Nan Mangle wouldn't be dead now, would she? She'd still be amongst the living. Brett, Brett, that line is iconic, so isn't it? Brett's made her sound a bit Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to be racist. <laughs> Say it again. 
again. <laughs> we'll just rewind. <laughs> Everyone loves that line. <laughs> well, it's it's one of the best gifts on there. Turn away from the homosexual lifestyle. <laughs> sure thing, Speedy. <laughs> That's why I love the Branaka house. They can bond over all this stuff. Grandma trauma. Yeah. Now Mangle's not even here anymore and she's still managing to come between us. Well, David knows all about dealing with strict grandparents. When my grandma suspected that I was gay, she tried shutting it down. But Nicolette did say to her, there's something else you need to know, but they cut it off. So there might still be more well, to... It's it's related to the fact that Nicolette took the, a dying man's lottery ticket and just had a great time with the winnings. Oh, it's nothing to do with old Nell Mangle. Like, she didn't take, like, she didn't steal from her grandma. I mean, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, nobody knows what happened to Nell Mangle's diamond jewellery, surely. And so, Brett, Nicolette's got this boring friend who <laughs> wants to confess. Oh, yes. So boring. But she got her a job instead? Is that what happened there? That there was, yeah, some quick thinking to get her to stop, you know, like, confessing to the dead man's family. Yeah, lagging. Yeah. So I think she's due to be run over sometime <laughs> soon, I reckon. Oh, I'd embrace it. Yeah, I don't know. There's, so there's obviously a lot more to come. And it did actually also give a nice moment for Susan to be a decent human and go, all right, you're fighting with your daughter. I'm not going to give you the boot out of the house straight away. But then she- And Jane has promised to leave by the time they're back from Switzerland. Um, which upsets me because I love them all together. Now, we've mentioned her a little bit. Scarlett Brady, Christy Whelan-Brown is pulling off some kind of situation where she's faked her own death but then has kept up a really kind of polished businesswoman wardrobe to wear about town while she hides behind her big sunglasses. Or behind that painting with all the door. Like, oh, she just did a lot of peeping this week. Like, it was 90% peeping. Yeah, it was the Scooby-Doo portrait. 5% acid pouring. Um and 5%, like, just getting about in broad friggin' daylight. And shimmying through win- narrow windows. Yeah, loudly shimmying through windows. Like, it sounded like a herd of elephants coming through that window, so I don't know how any... And why hasn't anyone gone into that office? Especially since Ned's bunking in there. You'd, you'd think that someone in that room would have noticed that one of the eyes is missing from the painting <laughs> in that door. Yeah. <laughs> or that I'm pretty sure that lock appeared on the door midway through the week, you know, when she knocked yeah. me out. I don't think that deadbolt was on the front of that door uh, uh, because why would you put a deadbolt on the front of that door and not the back? No, no, because it, it was rented. It was sublet to some dude who was is storing the crap in there. But it, it is odd. And, I, I, look, I just didn't believe the way that B actually busted out of there. I don't, there's, there's no fees. The door opened inwards. How is she actually forcing her way out? Okay, remember, Kate, B has been doing a very specific training regime in, is it Krav Maga? Yes. And yet really? she still got taken out in a like classic WWE move by getting hit with a folding chair. <laughs> Why is she doing Krav Maga? Is this because she's still got well trauma or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yep. That's a good, that's it. Well trauma. Because oh, right. she's, um, she's still deeply traumatised by having dated a lying psychopath. And now she's going to be re-traumatised because she's yep. been chucked in a cupboard again. Because, so what's happened? We'll get to the end of the week. Mm. Now, 
Yashvi and Ned have been making eyes at each other all week because there's been some clues planting around town that Scarlet's still alive. And my God, they took a long time to put these pieces together with the oh. Instagram bloody video oh. or re- reel, whatever it was. I just cannot stand any neighbour's story that involves technology or social media. Particularly because Yashvi and um, Levi have theoretically just done cybercrimes training, but they had to go get a, the local 17-year-old to tell them to download an app. And I mean, if it's Insta and she's just looking at the stories, it tells you who's watched them. And who's to say it wasn't a Nigerian prince watching it? <laughs> He's got time on his hands. What was it a video of, Brett? Remind us. It was um, them just talking in a spa. And I mean, it, there was nothing about it. Didn't they say I love you or something? I, I mean, there was a beautiful backdrop there in the Yarra Valley. Yeah. I think, did you get to see um, his bare chest as well? Like Maybe that's why some pervs watching it. He was slightly shirtless, but those two don't have any chemistry at all. I'm sorry. I know you're, you guys like nah, nah. Ned and Are you kidding? Uh, No. Oh, okay. No, she's a, like, right. she's she's a, a child. She's still a, she's a teenager and he's nearly 30. <laughs> I find it odd everyone calls her V now. Like, when I went away, she was Yash V and now she's V, and they just keep saying it. And I'm like, why do they keep calling her V? It is confusing with V and B as well. Yeah. Like, I can understand if one of them, like, if her boyfriend calls her V and no one else, but now everyone calls her V. Yeah, everyone does. I'm just hanging for her to start dating Levi so we can call them Vivi. Oh, God. They're so serious when they're cops as well. Oh. It's like, oh, I've become a cop now, so I have to become this dour, unfun yep. person. Like That's the only path you take yes. when you like sign the oath. And then we have two of them. Yeah, you can be fun, guys. Like <laughs> it's not all like doom and gloom. I know there's a acid wielding maniac out to kill one of you, but like smile every now and again, guys. I feel like though when there is two cops on the street, they kind of balance each other out. Like when it was like just um debt mech. He was awful, um, and also likely likewise when it was just Mishti as well. She was awful. Like the, it sucks the life out of them. But now you, they can have good cop, bad cop with each other and the same mm. partnership. So this Instagram story that was repeated fourteen times, like oh, and someone's watched it a thousand times, and oh, that's interesting. Oh no, it's not interesting. <laughs> Put the pieces together faster, and maybe she's around town because she's literally in broad daylight in front of. The, everyone's place of work. Yeah, she's ducking behind a friggin' bin and he couldn't see her. <laughs> like, I remember tweeting, my, uh, like, that would be a man's look, as my mum would call it, yes. because <laughs> he looked and could see her through the window and then was just like, oh, I can't find her. Cut to she's just crouched behind the bin, cackling maniacally because she's framed him for murder and no one bothers to check out. Like, and surely people are like, what's this woman with the puffy shoulder-padded sleeves doing? <laughs> Hopping in and out of the window of this weird... Hive Collective. I mean, I know it used to be the backpackers or whatever, but, like, no one's paying attention to anything. And plus, she's so damn noisy coming in that window. Like, Hang on, can we just have a little shout-out to that um, skip bin, which somebody got chucked in there, didn't they, Vaya? Yeah, Eddie Maguire's son had to eat chips out of that bin when he was trapped in there. <laughs> um, um, Charlie Hoyland the second. Good times. Um, so... <sighs> What a, this is a schmozzle. This is defund Erinsborough Police is my campaign. Uh, so they're getting teenagers to solve their cyber crimes for them and now that's they've decided, well, Scarlet's alive because who else will be watching this video of our boring lives, our boring staycation? Let's have a sting. Oh and God. it's that hokey, I figured out how we solve our problems, Ned. Let's get married. Cut to the next episode. 
I mean, pretend married. Yeah, he looks like so excited and it's like, man, this makes no sense whatsoever. Like, couldn't you have just gone, let's pretend we're going on a getaway to a secluded cabin and draw the psychopath out? Like, Because she loves a location. She's a destination kind of gal, Scarlet. Yeah, well, she's probably online shopping in between her bloody plotting and peeping Tommy. And there's an amazing pair of boots she was wearing. Wasn't it? What sort of print was on those boots, Kate, where she's lying on the um, oh, I, the tricolored plastic bags? I can't remember. Were they snake? Yeah, I mean, she's dressed for murder. Like, she was going to murder that guy from Sydney who got blamed for her parents' death because of the yes. dodgy steering wheel, which still doesn't make any sense because Sid surely if you're driving that long, yeah. you know the steering wheel's buggered. Sid Sydney from Sydney. Did you see him whilst you were in Sydney, Brett? No, I didn't. (laughs) We weren't mixing in the same circles. (laughs) Let's take a moment for this backstory because I've never forgotten it. Oh, well, we got to see a newspaper article this week about it, didn't we, Well, the first time I noticed a clipping from that newspaper was in Scarlet's burn book where she put a a little extract. Oh, well, there's some long-term plotting. Oh, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if they knew what they were going to do with it back then because back then I – used it to take Scarlett's side to go. She was a a victim of trauma in her youth because her whole family got killed in a horrible car crash and her, including her two younger siblings. And so I thought, well, she's never had treatment for that horrible tragedy, but it turns out now this, I think they're painting it that she caused the horrible tragedy because she was an 18 year old, you know, mechanic and could uh, doctor. She was a mechanic. Well, no, she just she she was a savant and oh, could doctor okay. the steering of her parents' car. Well, no, no. I guess. What, what actually happened? Because when I saw there was a large red puddle, of course I hopped on the googs and worked out that it was brake fluid. Oh, well done, Kate. I just thought yeah. it was blood. I just didn't understand why no one saw the big puddle because it was quite obviously under the car. Do you want? Can I read some edited highlights from uh, the the burn book? Oh, from Scarlet's book, sure. Yeah, yeah. So this is road toll tragedy in the Dubbo Observer. Um, family die in crash, leaving eldest daughter sole survivor. The Bradys were loving, were a loving and tight knit family, celebrating the high school graduation of their eldest daughter Scarlett when they began their short car trip home from the Brumby Hotel last Sunday. And then it's all a bit blurred. Their two youngest children, a pair of thirteen-year-old twins named Stella and Sam, sat in the back seat behind their mother, arguing over which radio station to play. Scarlett, 18, sat behind her father on the driver's side of the car, still holding the leftovers from their meal. It could have been any other night, but it wasn't. Firstly, I love that the Dubbo graduation's happening at the pub. (laughs) Also, like, this is some flowery prose from a local newspaper. Yeah, someone had a lot of time on that. And another issue I have with that news article is usually when there's a tragedy like that, they place the photos of the victims in the article, but there's a picture of the one survivor. And it looks like it was taken while she was in the car. <laughs> she's, her eye's weird. I don't know if she's coloured in her own eyeball. I just, yeah, I just don't understand her plot there. So it's like sabotage my parents' car but also drive in the car with them and hope that I don't die in a hideous crash. I guess maybe her theory is, is that Dad's going to try and protect his side of the car, so I'm going to sit b- beside him. And then um, the head-on collision forced the Brady's car to veer off the road, roll over and hit a nearby tree, killing most of the family almost instantly. <laughs> we thought they were all dead. There's, there was no way anyone survived, said paramedic John Foster. It was a catastrophic accident. However, 
there was one survivor. The eldest daughter, Scarlett Brady, who was pulled from the car by paramedics. Scarlett is now the only surviving member of her family. The tragic crash has left the community in grief as authorities call for road safety awareness. I mean, now, they really buried the lead in that. Like, there was a survivor. Yeah. That would be the yeah. headline, I would assume. Yeah. Um, but the strange thing is, Sid Sydney from Sydney said that he had killed three people in a car crash. And I was like, but hang on, the mum, dad and Sam and Stella died too. So what's going on there? So I guess maybe the mum survived as well? No, no, no. It says, as as the Dubbo Observer said, oh. that Scarlett is now the only surviving member of her family. Well, maybe Sid's just, he's he's got a brain injury and he's remembering things wrong. Maybe. I mean, but you think he'd remember how many people you killed in a car accident. <laughs> Especially, did he do prison time for that? Hard to say, but he does remember very clearly the look of the father as he rammed into him because he tried to move the steering wheel and it didn't turn. Uh, yeah, but he didn't ram into him. He rammed into a tree, didn't they? Was Sid the mechanic who fixed the car or was he driving in the car? No, he, he was the other driver. Oh. But they ran into a tree, so the tree killed them. No, 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 ah. because um, he hit them head on. Hang on. The head on collision forced the Brady's car to veer off the road, roll over and hit a nearby tree, killing most of the family almost instantly. I'd love to know what the, the, the qualifier there with almost instantly. They clearly got the cadet to write this story. I, I love it with killing most of the family. <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> and they reveal that, oh, but one survives. Like, tune in next time to see what Which happens Which one next. made it? Or it'd be continued, page 16. <laughs> yeah, and like a head-on collision, that's why I got confused, I think, because in a head-on collision, I would imagine both cars collided, but instead they swerved and hit a tree. So I guess the head-on collision was with the tree. I've got anyway, problems can... with the news story and I've got problems with Sid's story as well. I'd just, just like to say that the article does finish with continued page six. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not a front-page story either from no. the look of it. It's got to be at least page, well, I'd say probably oh, page two or page four. What else is on the front cover of the Dubbo Observer? <laughs> I don't know. Breakout at the Western Plains Zoo. Yeah, new elephant <laughs> born at the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that brought me joy. But so even even if they're painting Scarlet as this psychopathic teenager who's gone after her whole family, I still sympathise with her because there's clearly untreated illness here that, that no one has looked at and looked after. Are they going to give her a, like, Millsy-style background where he was, wasn't he, like... Oh, he'd been ca- kidnapped by rebels, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah, That's that'd make hurt. you want to, um, you know carve your way up and become principal of a small elementary school in, or a small high school in the suburbs of Melbourne. Well, first, first you get the, the power, then you get the money, then you get the women, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm quite happy if Scarlett's motivation is, I said this on Twitter, like uh, Joan Cusack's character in Adam's Family Values, where she was just a black widow who kills her husband and her motivation was her parents gave her a Malibu Barbie instead of a ballerina Barbie. And she was like, they had to go. And then she kills her husband for not giving her a Mercedes. Like if Scarlett's just out and out crazy, I'm, I'm kind of all for it. Yeah. I'm still on her side. But Basil has, has dodged a bullet. Her um, fiance. Why are you still on her side when she's framed someone for murder? Because she's ill. <laughs> she's not okay. <laughs> Ned's as big a, lo- a bigger loser as his dad. 
Who cares? Yeah, Ned's caught a bit of the Gary Cannings while I've been away. Ned is confessing to murder from a dream and he sees Scarlet in a reflection and he still thinks he's he's dreamt it. He's like, oh, I'm just hallucinating. Why didn't he pull his phone out? (laughs) Why doesn't someone look at his phone and look up location services and then try and work out where he was in that time? He's just such a sad sack of shit. Because the police department have to ask the local teenager how to do that. That's why. So to round it all off, V's big idea, let's get married. Let's get married like today or tomorrow. Yeah, plausible. Um, And they have to go get a dress and rings and a poor celebrant who's not even wearing a bulletproof vest. And they go to the pavilion. You, you would want to be wearing something under that dress. I mean, she's got a history with a knife, goddammit. Yeah, it was a very slim little slip dress. And only in Erinsborough can you get a wedding dress on the spot. Oh, she probably went down a Supra and got it. <laughs> or, um, like, Lassiter's probably still has all the sham wedding dress options from their um their exhibit as well. Oh, I imagine yeah. she turned up in Charlene's. Or the one that blew up. Just a nice tattered look. Oh. Um... What I enjoy, again, is that now that they've mastered social media, they've worked out how to, like, limit a post. They've got close friends on Instagram and they've posted that they're going to get married to Lure and Scarlet and they think they've blocked off everyone, but somehow Zancan slips through the cracks and leaks to Colette, to, to Hernan. So now the whole street knows that this wedding is going on. I mean, and they, I mean, they did it publicly as well at the, at the park. So, yeah. like, anyone could have walked past and seen that wedding. They could have at least had an indoor wedding so that they could, like, prevent anyone, any witnesses. And trap her. Like, she was standing behind um, Lattice for half the episode, like, staring at the wedding. That's so she could continue peering through gaps in things. Yeah, she's getting, she must be getting paid by the peep. Um <laughs> That's all she's been doing all week, just looking through things and making faces, the poor thing. Meanwhile, like, no one's taking Ned's arrest seriously at all because Roxy's just having some hijinks. She's literally doing the ceramic pig plot line, which is hiding something around town and taking photos of it for laughs, with a a portrait of Paul that does not match the script of how ugly everyone is saying it is. Because I didn't get that either. I was like, oh, it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, he's a shit artist, but he can do faces very well. Yeah, and he's nailed Paul. And he gave it a bit of a Maine Wyatt um, eyebrow. And so, and now Roxy's got this following on Facebook from this marauding portrait, Mm. which actually no one found as funny as she did. Well, I mean, if you're in Melbourne lockdown, you probably are going to follow the funny portrait because it's getting out more than anyone else in the state. (laughs) (laughs) Too real, Brett. Too real, Brett. How is she smuggling it around? Like, the portrait is as tall as she is. She said she had some casuals at the waterhole helping her. Yeah, just in your free time, move the portrait around. Was this all just to cheer Sheila up as well? And apparently Ned. But Ned's like, I'm going to be up for murder, cuz. Like, I don't need this. (laughs) So they're at the um, park at the lake and looking. everyone's looking beautiful. And then, obviously, the Rebecca's roll up. And... I think my favourite moment, one of my favourite moments of the week was Coyle being affronted that he wasn't asked to be the best man and then just stepping in as the best man anyway. I can't believe you picked my cousin to be your best man. I thought we were besties. We weren't going to keep it a secret, but then we thought that you would stop us. Of course we'd stop you. This is marriage, not some quick fix stunt. 
and I want to walk you down the aisle, not to hear about it second hand. You can't do this. Well, I am. And if you can't accept it, then you have to. Well, I'm taking over as best man. And then that was a bit sad for Yashi that, like, um, Ned had Coil, Levi, and Roxy. There. I mean, obviously, Roxy's his cousin. And Yashvi just had her mum. There's no real wedding. It doesn't matter. And Bea oh, was going to turn up and she hadn't been conked out in the bloody back of the hive. Yeah. He was her, what, ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend's possible future wife's best friend? Well, B is her um, husband-to-be's ex-girlfriend. And why are they placing such a high importance on these rings? They go, we can't do the plan without the rings. I'm like, go to your mum's jewellery box and, and get yeah. her rings. Yeah, they're like getting them at the pawn shop. I guess it's to throw Scarlet off the scent of their amazing plan because obviously they know she's just getting about and she'll be outside Michael Hill Jewellers watching them <laughs> purchase the rings. Like... <laughs> Surely they could just say, oh, and for our everlasting love to each other, let's tattoo each other's fingers. Oh, great idea, Kate. Just get a packet of cheesels and get married with them, you know? They're really going pretty far along expecting her to show up, which she does. And she's got, and this is quite chilling because this is one of the things that gives me the heebie-jeebies. She's carrying a container of acid that's happily concealed in this little bit of plastic. It's not breaking free of the plastic, even though it burnt through the floor when B was... Testing yeah, it out. she just she's just got it in a handbag, you know, as you would just carry a jar, mason jar of acid around. <laughs> um, and the cliffhanger of the week ends with them reading out these fake vows, and then Scarlet tearing through the premises, wielding the open jar of acid, which I think had its own little GoPro on it to make it look <laughs> all like yeah, dangerous acid. and unhinged. It was like Breaking Bad. We had acid cam. Yeah, I just. I love that her little peeping Tom thing was her looking through a slit in some uh, caught hand steel, much like um, Ned Kelly. Oh, yes. <laughs> and like Bonnie's character on um, The Masked Singer, The Bush Ranger. Well, maybe it was all a callback to The Masked Singer. <laughs> I still just don't understand her endgame. So she frames Ned for murder and then she hangs around and now she's going to come out and throw acid on either him or his future wife or someone else at the party like what does she actually want to get out of this does she want ned dead or does she want ned married to her brett have you ever been in love (laughs) no i haven't maybe that's why i don't understand why you carry acid in your handbag because if she can't have him nobody can okay and she should have put a bullet in his head like, True. I mean, that would that would help us all. Really. No, she likes. No, look, hey, I like Ned as a character, and I'm allowed to like who I like. You guys went banged on about Leo for all like all that time. Oh, oh come God, on, okay, I was Brett. Never a fan of Leo. What? Exactly. Oh, what, Thank what you, Brett. With you I like Thank Ned. You. He's just really boring now. Like, I like Ned. He's just a giant dingus. He's a, he's a Willis. He's a fun suck at the moment. <laughs> what? He's like, a, like, just sucks the fun out of everything. Like you said, uh, and I get it, you're up for murder, so you're not exactly happy. But he's like, he's just tortured. And he had the best, he had the funnest storyline of the year with like getting his own Fandangle account. Yeah, I missed all the Fandangle stuff, much to my shame. He he does have a good stricken face, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. well, that's his permanent face at the moment. 
And I think he's one of the best actors on the show. So, like, he plays it really earnestly that he's going through some strife. Look, I would have liked to see him have the affair with Dippy. Oh, that is That is his M.O. I'm sorry, then you're in weird, like, territory with the mum and the daughter and... Oh. I mean, they've been to that well before. Oh, that's true. I forgot about <laughs> Paul, Therese and Leo. Ugh. What about, now you mentioned, um, Brett, you haven't been in love, but I know you've been in lust because we've got to talk about the entrance, the grand entrance this week of one, Don Harney. A very subtle entrance. Hey, Pierce. Yeah, hi, Pierce. I was like, why is she saying hi to her? Oh, it's a different person. Look, I've got a name for him already. Obviously, in a nod to Declan and Faklin, this Pierce is fierce. Oh, of course he is. Of course he is. I mean, he, he slotted in pretty well. I, I don't know why they didn't uh, do the old, from now on, the role of Pierce will be played by Don Hanny that they do on a lot of soap operas. <laughs> or like with that when Colette Mann um, subbed yes. in for Cheryl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, talk to me, Brett, about your history with this fellow. Oh, look, I think he's an attractive guy. Like, I remember when he was a Cleo Bachelor and he was on a show called The Blue Planet. Uh, where he did a whole travel story scuba diving with his ass hanging out of his board shorts for most of the time. Um, and and that, that's the moment you first noticed him. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and then he's he's like been around for a while. He's been around for ages. It's good. It's it's weird to see someone of his, I guess, stature be on Neighbours. Not that I'm yes. sledging Neighbours, but it'd be like if Claudia Carvin turned up. Oh, I, w- what I wouldn't give for Claudia Carvin to turn up. But he's, we kind of fell in love with him on Offspring, I think. He was the, the brooding doctor on that, that the hapless um, protagonist fell in love with. And I and now the, there's a connection when Brett mentioned Cleo Bachelor. That's different to The Bachelor, where Tim Robards found fame. The Cleo Bachelor was, it's an annual contest in a girl's mag. But it's basically, it's Cosmo. It's the, the Aussie Cosmo. And lining up a whole slew of single Aussie guys and crowning the best one. <laughs> I can't remember who won his year, but it wasn't him. Do you, do you remember a quote from that, though, Brett? I do remember him saying his favourite thing to do on a Sunday was a long, slow fuck on the couch. Wow. <laughs> wow. And then I think he joked and said something else. But I do remember that interview and that photo of him. Does the man not have a bed? That's my question. <laughs> Well, it's a Sunday. You're probably hungover. <laughs> Welcome to the f- to the fray, Don Honey, and farewell, Tim Robards. That means that Monday his final scenes were with not even his family on the show. That's a bit bittersweet. Mm. Um, and I I do think look he for something that's not his field, acting like I think he did his best work. I think he, he did his best. He tried. He was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, he just takes his shirt off, and that does a lot of acting for you. Like, what else do you need? He's got he's got the traps. He didn't he didn't skip trap day. <laughs> never and never will. And wow, we are in this affair. And I know Brett, you mentioned online that you were thrilled to come back into the country and land straight in the middle of a neighbour's affair. She's such a good person. So are you. Well, the truth is, we would have started arguing, but with you, I can talk about anything. I feel exactly the same way. Although we don't have to talk. I love a marital affair. Like, I still remember the joy I got when I saw the coming up and neighbours and Dr. Carl kiss Sarah. Ah! I remember the shock that that was coming when 
It was, yeah. I think it was the season finale. I still remember when Sarah got married and remember Carl and her had that massive patch before she went off with her husband. Like, but also, did you feel betrayed that they retconned the, the original patch into they actually banged? No, I think that makes more sense. Yeah, I it loved it. Like, it made you're it going to go all the way. That's yeah, it made it more grown up. Yeah, like I'm. Uh, it's a shame they couldn't do it properly in the back in the day. But I mean, they carried on like it was an affair. This is what I'm loving about this affair is because it's not just ah oh, they he pashed him in the hot tub like with Gazcan. It's like no, they are going the whole hog. How many times are we going to see her unbuttoning her bosom? Look, everyone's got a kink. <laughs> This it does make her very forward in the affair, which I like. Yes, like CJ not, loved that too. She's not like, oh, I'm so like overcome by your magnetism. She's like, no, I'm dating this loser in a dryer bone who eats a muffin. Like, oh, oh, I can't even describe that scene from last week. But of course, you get a oh, dryer bone or ripped god. Um, I know which one. Oh, go camping with dryer bone or fly to Paris with <laughs> that, a ripped now, god. Like that was the set. I thought that was particularly unkind when um, Pierce said to her, "Oh, I don't think uh, camping's your thing. I, I think you know, I, I'd take you on a luxury getaway to Mauritius, sort of was." And I was just like, "If that was me, and I was cheating on my husband, I'd be like, don't." Stop. If that was me, I would have dropped my panties because I'm not going anywhere near camping. You can shove your (laughs) glamping. Thank God my husband already knows I'm not going camping. But still, like, I just thought that's that's punching down, Pierce. Like, you're already, like, ruining this man's life. You don't have to rub it in. They should set some ground rules. Like, we are not talking about the spouses. It's not fair. It's like, don't dredge them into this. But this is their couples therapy, isn't it? Yeah. This is helping them get closer to their spouse. It's, it's coupling therapy. <laughs> um, and also, Dippy's a country girl. She should, yeah. like, there's no reason why she should be turning her nose up at this. Yeah, yeah but she's got a taste of the high life and she's like, mm, maybe. And that's the good duck breast at Lassiter's room service. Yeah. She likes getting pierced, as they say. Oh! oh! Ew, ew. But, I'm, look, I'm outraged by the Pierce and Dippy affair, but, you know, not actually that put off by the fierce and Dippy affair. I really take my hat off to Sharon Johal because this is now the third man that has portrayed this this actor uh, this character and she's had to just roll with each one. First it was mm. Tim Robards, then it was her own husband, and now it's Don. Oh man, wouldn't you? You'd feel ripped off if you don't actually get to lock lips with Don. With none of them. <laughs> well, she had to she had to kiss. Oh her yeah, husband, with her husband. <gasps> On a side note, guys, when was the last time you did a favor for a neighbor's actor? I don't know. Well, for me, it was yesterday when I put out a little PSA for people in Melbourne to remember to post their council election ballots <laughs> before 6pm. And then like a few hours later, Sharon Johol replied to me saying, I know, I forgot, but running to the post now. So there you go. I saved her a fine from the Victorian Electoral Commission. If only you could do that for their marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so... Dippy has this genius moment where it dawns on her going, oh, we've started something, haven't we? It's like, you started something three roots ago, honey. Do you think the Ella Brandy book is a clue for what's (laughs) going to happen? Like, is she going to, like, have a baby to this guy and, like, Ella Brandy's mum? Is that going too deep into Ella Brandy lore? You know how, like... That's a deep cut. It was from two different worlds. Yes. 
she's going to fall pregnant. I hope she does. Look, I don't want another baby who's the daddy storyline. Nah, no, nah, no, nah, but it's got to be. I just can't. It's 2020. Why don't people don't know how what happens with unprotected sex? It's it's extremely unsafe during COVID times at the at the very least. Yeah, they should have been wearing face masks. <laughs> but I, I mean, she, you'd know who's the dad anyway because one would come out with a six pack and the other would be playing a harmonica. A loser. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I mean, the, the great thing is is that all of Dippy's children look like her. Yes. So it's it, she's set. But I mean, Don Hanny's got a little bit more of a Mediterranean flavour to him than old Pierce did. I mean, Pierce had the tan, but... But Pierce was also pretty accurately portrayed by an Indian man too, so, like, don't, don't forget that. <laughs> oh, really? I missed that. Yes. <laughs> they were the pretty much... They looked identical from behind. Yeah. Oh. Um, they're all chameleons. When are they going to discover the affair, though? Who's going to be the person that discovers it? I cannot wait. I don't know. Be- it's so awful what they're doing to Chloe. Like, Chloe had a miscarriage a couple of weeks ago, and then he's like, oh, well, better get my leg over. He does seem, like, really insensitive. That's why I said I'm waiting for him to give her a cardboard baby, like what happened to Charlotte on Sex in the City, because he's, like, he's really showing the photos of the newborn and it's like, oh, that was you're hideous. a bit of a dick. But also, Chloe doesn't seem that distraught over it. No, and he's apparently distraught because he has to immediately leave the room and go yeah. and bang Dippy. He was the asshole who's like, let's give her the baby clothes. And you're like, are you yeah. fucking serious? <laughs> this baby, what and an asshole. Awful. And you're a millionaire. Just send a hamper. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually a huge moment for them to change actors. I now understand why they had to. They said, look, it was a pivotal moment in the plot. We couldn't just... Let him go. So that, but it was always that he was going to leave. I guess so. Oh, his two-year contract was up. Oh, and his real wife's pregnant, I guess, too. And with COVID, yeah. that ain't happening. It's it is a shame we don't get to see the fallout with Tim in as Pierce. I wanted to see that kind of that sorry look on Tim Pierce's face because there was this amazing line earlier in the week where he's like, "I just, I just I'm sick of thinking." I'm like, well, "You've been thinking." <laughs> I feel like he's got chem. Don Hanny's got chemistry with Dippy. Sorry, Pierce has new Pierce has chemistry with Dippy. Fierce, 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 fierce has chemistry with Dippy, but I wasn't feeling it with Chloe. But I guess if they're headed for the rocks, that kind of works because obviously they've got things in play with Chloe and Jane's daughter that, like, they're threading that in already. So I just don't know where this story's going to go. I agree with you that yeah, she doesn't have chemistry with fierce he looks too um, old for her yeah whereas she i think she fit in quite well with tim pierce well i'd say they'd be the same age mm. roughly. I don't know. yeah they are but i feel um fierce is more believable as a successful businessman being that little bit older yeah yeah he he reads billionaire um mm. Um, I've got to read out this comment from Avery in the Neighbours Council because I've been thinking about this too during COVID, but there must have been loads of affairs that had to abruptly end because of lockdown. People haven't been able to use the working late excuse or hitting the Friday drinks. I'm going to play golf. Yeah, (laughs) going to the gym. That reminds me. So down the street and around the corner from me, there's a brothel, right? And one day I was walking past it with the pram and I saw a man (laughs) completely clad in cycling lycra bound out of there, hop on his bike and ride off. And I thought, mate, you've been out for a Sunday morning ride 
of a different nature. Oh. And I bet you're hiding that from your wife. He's worked it out. Well, that's it. That's mm. the solution. I mean, uh, affairs really are the secret toll of COVID. Like, <laughs> you know. What a tragedy. I've seen a few Reddit threads and one of the ones I was interested in is um, swingers parties can't happen anymore. Ew. Oh, those poor guys, where are they getting their outlets now? Maybe they do them on Zoom. Yeah, well, actually, they have been. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Not one you want to Zoom bomb in. Oh, hello. <laughs> you really want to make sure you alt-A, get that mute function happening. <laughs> and the camera, like that yeah. guy in America. Oh, God. Oh. So this, I'm really excited. I'm thrilled for the the resolution of this affair. I can't wait. Someone's going to walk in on someone and I'm going to be eating it up. Yeah, uh, there's too many plates in the air still at the moment. Like <laughs> her and Shane, her and him, Chloe and the uh, nan-killing lesbian. Um, <laughs> where's it going to end? You know, I think Hendrix will be the one to find out. Poor Chloe. Like, she just has literally no one she can confide in, does she? She's been through a big trauma. She just wants to do a little bit of day drinking. Leave yeah. her in peace. She's she's made up a big jug of clojitos. I mean, if, if Ellie was still here, but then they'd probably end up back in the sack as well. I just was reading over my notes just then. We'll do Citizen and Citizen. Mm. But I, I was... I really loved a lot of lines of dialogue this week. I've mentioned the Panini. I've mentioned I'm sick of thinking. I also enjoyed Paul's, what the heck? When he saw his portrait over the lake. See, that's they would be able to say what the hell, surely. Yeah. But no, but it was just, I don't know, it was just very Paul-esque. And then um, Sheila saying blue tit. We just caught sight of an unusually large blue tit strolling the lawn. <laughs> oh, we're protecting its nest. <laughs> and then to rage revealing that she could handle driving the van because when she was 14, she used to drive her boyfriend's combi. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, things are different in the NT, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I love the little hints to her renegade past. Wasn't she a mini Roxy? Isn't that what they're always implying? Yeah. yeah. And this is wall-to-wall gold. And then when Sheila was talking about the bad luck of the Cannings and her and the late Frank Canning with his tax issues, and she, her saying, well, the chicken shop should never have branched out into kebabs. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let's do citizen and citizen and citizen and citizen. Oh, and don't forget, I've actually got a saddest bitch in Erinsborough this week. <gasps> oh, let's do the honours. The saddest bitch in Erinsborough. Go ahead, Kate. This week, it is Ned Willis for that... Aww. the. That look on his face when he thought he was getting married to <laughs> Yashmi. I was just like, nobody wants to marry you. You're a loser. This is a sham. But, but he does these nice paintings. He's like, Brett's got a got a, a show idea to pitch. Oh for, yeah, um, Ned. Uh, Ned's brush with fame, like Arn's brush with fame. I mean, they look very similar. Um, We've got a comedian in Australia who paints celebrities and then just finds out their life story while he does it. So citizen or citizen? We have to do both. We're going to trial doing both for Sarah, for Sarah, who wanted it. Well, I can go first if you like. Didn't you say, Kate, didn't you say yours was the same? Well, let's just say we've got citizen is uh, Pierce Grayson. Mm-hmm, yep. For just being an awful, awful man, cheating on his poor, vulnerable wife, mocking Puffy, just being an awful, awful person. Um, Citizen, though, Fierce Grayson. 
I'm into this. I, I, they're different people in my mind now, and I'm in for a hot affair between two hot people. Go for it, you bad, bad thing. Now you see where CJ and I were coming from a few weeks but ago. But I'm, I'm not attracted to Tim Robards, whereas, um, yeah, Don Haney, yeah, why not? But, like, because Don Haney didn't just – his wife didn't just have a miscarriage, you know. Um, He's just come in fresh. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll go. go. Okay, Brett. Okay. Uh, Citizen I'll give to Susan because I did enjoy her trying to get – Jane out of the house. Um, I have enjoyed all of those plot, like even the bulk buying one of last week. Yeah. So, and I love me some um, Jackie Kennedy. And shitism I will give to Ned. I mean, yes, he's saddest bitch, but he's also shitism because, like, I can't look at him moping about again. Like, this plot line just needs to end. Like, put the acid on his face and let's get on with it. Oh, mm. no, not the face. I, I, I was just going to say, get like, the- take him out the back and shoot him. No, throw the acid on his tats. That'll solve a few problems. He, he wanted to get rid of those tats, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Maybe just so he, he's not forced to join the Aryan Brotherhood in prison. <laughs> Shitizen to Erinsborough Police Force for running such a bad cyber crimes unit that they have to enlist young people on social media to explain technology to their officers. Um, and Citizen of the Week, and I'll double down on Brett Sue's, just packing up Jane and throwing her boxes out the window before she was even decided. Uh, that's This is Susan in her best form, and I want it to continue for as long as possible. That was so much fun. Thank you for being on, on our pod, Brett. Thank you for having me. And, yeah, it was good to chat to you now that you're back Back down under. Yeah, escaped the um, hellfire that is the US. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and are, you're working on reality TV, by the way, which we didn't mention. Yes, I slumbered in reality. No. Uh, yes, I work on reality <laughs> TV. I'll be doing I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, which will be coming. Hopefully there's a Neighbours cast member on there. Every year I campaign yes. for Toadie or a Kennedy. I, every year I wait with bated breath when they drop them into the, the jungle. Yes, it was very exciting when Izzy ended up, where Natalie Bathingsweight ended up on the show. So, Brett, you are on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, I'm Brett Bowman at Instagram at Twitter. Um, obviously not the at, but, um, yeah, it's a really bad handle, but that's what I'm stuck with. I am Brett Bowman. No, not the A. It's just I am. Oh, I'm Brett Bowman. This is why it's a bad handle. It- Kate's dropped out her computer. The hive has booted Kate because um, Ned was angry with her portrayal of him. Maybe so... she's been knocked out and locked in the acid <laughs> cupboard. Kate is at Remude on Twitter and she would want you to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Join our Patreon, patreon.com slash neighbourspod, uh, and we'll keep working on making a neighbour's night online. And I am Vaya Pashos, Vays on Instagram. My other podcast is Daily Baby. And come and have a chat to us on the Neighbours Council on Facebook. And uh, we'll work out a way for you guys to set your citizens and citizens. And Brett, looking forward to enjoying post-lockdown life the way you are at the moment. Yes, uh, just hang in there. It can happen. I did it for five months, so you guys will be right. Hang on, hang on. I'm back on now. Oh, yes, Kate. Oh, how was the acid bath? <laughs> Oh, good times, good times. Mate, I'm feeling refreshed. <laughs> well, you're back in time for the goodbyes. Alrighty, well, nice to chat with you guys again. And take care, Ireland, too. I know it's a tough one for you guys at the moment.
Be strong. See you guys. See ya. Thank you.